in spite of the trouble, in spite of the circumstance, I dare you lift your voice and give God praise. Hey, hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Sister Navlet, I love it when you sing that song. Not just because she's got an amazing voice, and she does, but because she practices what she preaches. She lives that on a daily basis. She wakes up in the morning, and when trouble comes her way, she looks her square in the face and says, I ain't got no reason to fear. See, she understands why she has no reason to fear. Because we can sing about it all day long, and we can talk about it, but until you get the revelation that greater is he, See, some of us still waking up tonight. Some of us still don't have the revelation that when I get down on my knees and I pray to the God of the universe and he starts filling me up with his spirit, that everything that's on the inside of me starts to push back on the rest of the stuff that's out here around me. So I don't care what sickness comes my way. I don't care what financial trouble comes my way. I don't care what relationship issues come my way. I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. Greater is he that is within me. Baby, I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to fear. You're not going to catch her throwing in the towel. Why? Because she has no reason to be afraid. Come what may, I'll be standing here. feels good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Listen, Brother Stewart, that was an incredible word this morning. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the next preacher and I got to give honor to the person that came before, you, before me. I absolutely mean it from the bottom of my heart that that was the, one of the most incredible mes messages I've ever heard. But I have, I have a bit of a, uh, a quandary here tonight. See, Brother Stewart left absolutely nothing on the bones. There's no meat. There's no cartilage. There's, there's nothing. He preached every single lick of my notes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take the bones he gave me, and I'm going to throw them at you. <laughs> he told me before I got up here, he said, hey. He said, preached, prophesy to the bones. So we're going to do what God told us, and I'm going to prophesy to these bare bones here tonight. And we're going to see what, is anybody ready for a move of God in this house? Come on, is anybody ready for a move of God in this house? Amen, amen. Grab your Bibles. I want to hasten to the word of the Lord, Isaiah chapter number 6. We'll be reading chapter, verses 1 through 7. I want to say what an honor and a privilege it is to stand behind this desk. I want to thank Bishop and I want to honor him tonight in his absence for trusting me. Bishop, we love and miss you. He is on assignment tonight and I know God is moving in that house. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 6. Band, you can just stay right where you're at. There's not a lot of bones left either. He ate all the bones, too. I got like four bones. 
Isaiah chapter number 6, beginning at verse 1. The Bible says, this is Isaiah speaking. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. He was high and he was lifted up. And his train, everybody said in his train, filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. And with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Verse number five. Then said I, Woe is me. For I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts in verse number six then flew one of the seraphims unto him having a live coal in his hand from the altar which he had taken with the tongs of the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and said lo this hath touched thy lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged for just a few moments tonight i want to talk about this very simple topic this very simple idea the house of victory the house of victory amen can you put your bibles down can you give god a praise in this house come on somebody why don't you lift your voice come on if you know you got victory tonight i want it for just a few moments we don't have to be here long but if you'll help me preach tonight, if for just a few moments, uh, we can give the devil a bad night. Is that all right? Come on, is anybody on board with me tonight? Come on, let's give God a praise, Lord. We need you. God, we're asking that you meet us in this house. Have your way, God. Have your way in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. Man, stay close. In this portion of Isaiah's journal, he gives us a glimpse into what his calling looked like. Up to this point, God has just been revealing to Isaiah. Go back and read it, chapters 1 through 5. All that was taking place in the hearts of his people. God was showing him exactly how he felt about their attitude towards the kingdom of God. They were worshiping idols. They were doing all kinds of evil things. And God had had enough. It was finally time for something to be done about it all. And so God reveals all this to Isaiah, shows him all the trouble that Israel's in, and he wants him to be the prophet. Don't you just love it? Anybody was raised with siblings in this house? I don't know about you, but you ever been the one that had to go tell the sibling, listen, you messed up. And mom and dad are not happy. See, that never happened with my sister. It was always the reverse. <laughs> That's why I relate so well to the children of Israel and Judah. <laughs> I was always the one that had to be prefaced. You done messed up? This was Isaiah. This was the position he found himself in. I love that the first thing that the Lord shows Isaiah is himself sitting on a throne. The Bible, I don't know how it happened, but I can imagine in my mind's eye that a curtain was pulled back into the divine and Isaiah was able to peek into the heavenlies for a minute. And when he looked, the first thing he saw was he saw God sitting up on a throne. 
Bible says he was high and he was lifted. Later in Isaiah chapter number 5, the Bible says that the Lord's thoughts are not your thoughts. The Bible says that his ways are not our ways. He goes on to say that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Can I just tell someone on the offset of this that I am thankful that I serve a God that sits high and looks low. See, I, I'm thankful I serve a God that looks, that sits up in a position of authority in my life and looks down and can tell me where I'm wrong and where I'm messing up. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if I was left to my own devices and I was looking through my eyes all the time, I would think that everything's peachy. I would think that everything's cool, but you need to have God in your life elevated. We'll get there. That's why I'm also thankful for a man of God in my life. See, it's not enough just to have God at the head of your life. You've got to have a man of God in your life. You don't believe me? Ask Miriam and Aaron. Who looked at Moses and said, God talks to us too. You ain't the only one that hears from God. Can I say it like this? You ain't the only one with talents and ability and gifting. You aren't the only one that God's called to do something in this life. It don't matter what God's called you to do. I'm thankful that God's given every one of us a calling. But at the end of the day, if you can't submit to a man of God, that calling is just like lightning. It's useless. If it's not harnessed, it, it doesn't benefit the kingdom anything. Because it's not subject to the authority of God. And I found out something, First Lady. If it's not subject to the authority of God, then it's of the devil. It's evil. It's sinful. Bible says in the book of Matthew, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't have two masters. You can't claim that God is my master and I'm submitted to authority and headship in my life and then do things on the side that contradict. I love this, this picture that we get of the Lord sitting high and looking low. That tells me that whatever's going on down here does not catch him by surprise. As a matter of fact, if you believe the Bible and you believe that what it says is true, then you believe what Paul said in the book of Romans, that all things work together for the good of them that love him. All things. Not just the good things. Not just the things that make me feel good. Not just the things that look right. But the bad things as well. My car breaking down. My, my family in the hospital. My bills not being able to be paid on time. All things work together for good. When you get that revelation, you can stand up in the midst of everything going on, in the midst of the storm, and say it's all good. I have no reason to fear. Why? Because he's in control. Because he's in control. When... See, it, it's, it's tough because as humans, as, as frail humans, we want to put our hands on everything. And we want to be in control of everything because if not, then we feel like we've, we've lost some sense of purpose. Man is, is always trying to figure out what their purpose is. 
Every podcast you listen to, every, every talk, every, uh, everything you listen to and see nowadays is, is people talking about what is man's purpose? Why are we here on the earth? Every scientist has been trying to figure out for thousands of years, why is man here on the earth? What is man's purpose? And the sad thing is that they, instead of turning to God and realizing that their purpose was to worship and serve a, 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 an amazing creator, they end up turning to the world and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. We ain't got time to get all the crazy stuff tonight. But I wonder what would happen if we quit complaining and throwing a fit about all the stuff that doesn't work out in our lives. I wonder what would happen if we, if we took a moment and we really, truly, see, because you can say it all day long, God, I trust you. you. I found out you can even preach to people, God, I trust you. But it's not until you get into those moments where it's tested. See, I told you, he stole everything I had. I'm just piggybacking off of what he said this morning. It's not until you get into those moments where, where your faith is really tested, where you can really stand and say, all right, God, I trust you. When you really have no money in the bank account. See, some of us don't know what that feels like. <laughs> when, you, when you really don't know where your next meal's coming from. Or when your car ain't starting for three weeks and you don't know how you're going to start paying the bills because... You can't get to work. That's when your faith is tested. That's, when, that's the true test of faith. It's when everything is going wrong. Can I still stand and declare, God, I trust you. Woo. I love the next part of it. It says, and his train filled the temple. The train of the robe of the king was a visible representation of victory of victory every time a king would win a victory they would cut off a piece of the robe from the defeated king and they would tie it to the end of the robe adding length and so every time they won that robe just got longer and longer and longer and so if you had a king that had many victories he had a long robe if you had a king that had few victories, he had a short robe. Some would say, you just said that. If there's anything I learned about teaching, it's that you got to say some things two or three times. <laughs> so not only do we see the Lord high and lifted up, but we also see him with his train or his victories, not just there in the temple. God don't have just wall art of things that he's completed in, his, in, 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 in history. God, God don't just have, have mementos or things just hanging on the wall, just a few things on the wall, things he's done in, in, in life, in history. No, the Bible said that the train of his robe completely filled the temple to the point where I can imagine that everywhere you stepped, you were stepping on two or three feet of train. You, you were stepping on, on, on robe that was probably miles long. Can I just say it like this? We don't serve a defeated God. We don't, we don't serve a weak-kneed God. His track record and his resume is perfect. There has never been a battle that he has not won. 
There has never been a defeat in his career. Every time he steps up to the plate, he bats a thousand. Every time he steps into the ring, it's a KO. We serve a God that is undefeated. We serve a God that is victorious. We serve a God that sits high. He looks low. And he's victorious. Woo! That just does something to me when you know that you got a God up in heaven that can take care of it all. Verse 3, the Bible says, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, 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 these are the angels, is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. If there's anything I learned while teaching, it's this, that the golden rule of algebra, I know some people are getting their eyes crossed right now, is that what you do to one side of the equation, you must do to the other side of the equation. The Lord told Moses and Noah that there was a pattern in the heavenlies that they were to follow. It was a blueprint that God had designed already. He already had it mapped out in the heavens. And all they had to do was peek behind the curtain a little bit, get a glimpse of what God wanted to do here on the earth, and make it happen. The temple was the epitome of this pattern. If you've been in Bible studies or you've taught Bible studies at any point, then you understand that the pattern of this temple is a shadow of Jesus' work on the cross, ultimately culminating in the Spirit of God being released to the entire world. No longer was God's presence only accessible once a year by one man. No longer was God's presence hidden behind curtains and in the back of a room somewhere. No longer was God's presence reserved for a specific group of people. But after Jesus rose from the dead three days later, after dying on a cross, the Bible says that the veil was torn in two in his presence. His spirit was released. It sat over the the Ark of the Covenant in the temple, in the holy, the most holy place. But when he rose up from the dead, it was given to, freely to the entire world. Bible says that Isaiah saw the angels looking. <laughs> I love this picture. They saw the angels looking at each other and exclaiming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. But I love it because it, they didn't stop there. They weren't just up in heaven looking at each other and looking at the presence of God hovering over that ark and saying, man, he's so great. He's so awesome. He's so wonderful. His train fills the temple. He's victorious. He's a wonderful God. But the Bible says that he, they looked. I can imagine that they looked down into the earth and they said, and the entire earth is full of his glory. Not only is his glory in heaven wrapping around the temple and filling the temple of all his victories, but I can see it bleeding out over into the earth realm where the, the train continues on. And not only is the victory transferred from the heavens, but it's also into the earth. Can I say it like this? If his train fills the temple, right? And if we are the New Testament temple of the Holy Ghost, right? Then I need you to understand one thing. And this is all I'm saying tonight. Is that you are full of victory. 
Come on, I need, I need somebody to jump on board with me. If his train fills the temple, if he's never lost a battle, if that's how it looks in the heavenlies, and I've got the Holy Ghost living inside of me, then baby, I got victory running through my veins. I got victory coursing up and down my body. You know what that means when I have a bad day? It don't matter because I'm still victorious. You know what that means? When I get a bad report from the doctor, it doesn't matter. I still got victory. I can look back in my life and I can remember when God brought me from over here and he brought me to where I'm at today. I can remember the time where I should have been dead on the side of a road, but God had mercy on me. I'm full of victory. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm full of victory. Look at your other neighbor and say, I'm full of victory. And so, if we're full of victory, then we ought to be a visible representation of that victory every single day. Every single day. When I wake up, you're not going to see me looking like this. When I go to work, you're not going to see me looking like this. With my head hanging down because the devil's beating me up. You're not going to see me looking like this because I got a credit report and it doesn't look good. I've got victory. Not only do I have victory, but I'm full of it. It's coursing through my veins. Woo. Glory in this text is referring to an abundance. The Bible says that his glory filled the entire earth. <laughs> I, 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 like, I would love to see it from his perspective. But because I'm not God and I've never been to heaven, I don't know what that looks like. But I do have an imagination. So I, I, I think of it as like a bird's eye view. Of him looking down, and there's like little points of light all across the earth. <laughs> and every single one of those points of light is a representation of victory. Every single one of those is a little house of victory. It's a little house full of victory. But the travesty is... Is when we cover it up. The sad thing is, is if we've got victory living inside of us, Brother Titus, if we got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords living on the inside, victory flooding my veins, everything, everywhere that I walk, everywhere that my foot touches. The Bible says we're the offspring of Abraham. The Bible says wherever Abraham put his foot, he took dominion. It was his. If I'm that child of God that's got victory, if I'm that child of God that's supposed to be victorious, live a victorious life, then I have no business complaining. I have no business 
hanging my head. I have no business wallowing in the mully grubs. I have no business talking about it to my friend and talking about it to my coworker about how rough my life is and how I ain't got no friends and, and how my situation is terrible. And No, 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 no. I got victory. I got victory. I wish somebody would just rear back on the enemy and the next time you feel him coming up against you you think to yourself I got victory in my body I got victory in my spirit I got victory deep on the inside if he did it before then why can't he do it today if he did it for them then why can't he do it for you if he set them free then baby he can set you free if he provided for them, then he can provide for you. The same God that was back then and the same God that's inside of you is the same God that's here today and it's the same God that's living inside of me. Musicians, you can come. A house full of victory. A house full of victory. His train wasn't just flowing behind him. but His train filled the temple. Pastor Swalza, come up here. Brother Isaac. This is off the cuff, so bear with me. I want you to stand right here. This right here is the Lord. Tough role to play. Face the audience. This right here is the Lord. And I, I didn't have time to get thousands of pieces of cloth, so I'm going to use people instead. And this right here is a victory that God won. Some, see, some of us still ain't catching it. Some of us still ain't... Because Pastor Spalaza should be dead right now. Pastor Spalaza should be locked up in a, a mental institution right now. Pastor Spalaza should be depressed out of his mind on drugs and pills and unable to sleep and unable to, to, to function in society. But God stepped in. And I can see him cutting Pastor Spalaza off from the world and saying no 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 you're mine now and adding a little piece to his train and then all of a sudden we get brother eddie coming up here yeah you should be in the world gangbanging brother eddie you should you should be have a couple bodies on you right now you should be in jail right now but but god stepped in and god saves you and he cuts you off from the world and he placed you onto his train. And that's another victory. And then we got Sister Teresa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Come on, we got Sister We got another victory right here. Are you catching it yet? Is, are you catching? And all of a sudden we got person after person that's, that's been cut off from the world. That's been saved. That's got victory in their life. This is how we should operate on a daily basis. 
This right here should be what we look like every single day. Yes, life is going to happen. Yes, things will not go your way all the time. But there is something that you need to remember. You are full of victory. You are full of victory. Because it's not just one person. It's not just two. It's not just three. But it's hundreds of people. It's thousands of people. It's millions of victories. There is no end to the victory. And then when you start multiplying it, and you start saying not only was he a victory, but everything in his life that God worked out is a victory. And not only is he a victory, but everything that God's done for him is a victory. And not only is she a victory, but everything that God's brought her from is a victory. I'm talking about a house full of victory. We are never to leave this house with our head hanging down. And we are never walk into this house with our head hanging down. Every time you leave this place and every time you walk back in, you want to walk in with your shoulders squared and your head held high because I've got victory. Because I've got victory coursing through my veins. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. When you see me, the only thing you should see is victory. When you look at me, the only thing I want you to see is everything that God's done. When you look at me, I want you to see how he brought me out. When you look at me, I want you to see how he made a way. When you look at me, I want you to see his provision. I wish somebody with victory would stand to your feet right now. Woo! Hey! I wish somebody with victory would give God a praise right now. I wish somebody would give God a praise right now. Come on, his train fills the temple. His train fills the temple. The next time you get a report that you don't like, you want to look at it in the mirror and say, I'm full of victory. I'm full of victory. First lady, by no means am I saying I'm perfect. I have bad days, but something I've got to remember oftentimes is that I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I should be. I should be on the streets. I should be a statistic. I shouldn't have been one of the ones that made it. But God, I wonder what would happen if we got that attitude about us every single day. 
We wouldn't complain about this, the little things that happened in life. We wouldn't, we wouldn't sit back and complain. God have mercy. God. I'm going to just say it like this. It's time for some people with victory in their life to start acting like it. It's time for us to start acting like it on a daily basis. I'm sick and tired. I'm, I'm not the bishop of this house, so he can correct me when he wants to. But I'm sick and tired of watching saints come in and out of this house every single week, defeated, busted, and disgusted. It's like the devil's got you underneath your, his thumb, walking in defeat. When you're full of victory, it doesn't make sense, First Lady. How can I walk in defeat? How can I walk in fear? Can I put it where we're living? How can I walk in anxiety? How can I be depressed? How can I think I'm a failure when I've got victory in my life? See, some, sometimes we get, uh, uh, I'm going to call it apostolic amnesia. And we forget about what God did then because we're so consumed about what's going on right now. You can't forget about what God did for you back there. That's why the Lord told, told Moses to have the children of Israel set up memorials so that they never forgot what he did for them. And yet they still forgot. They had victory after victory after victory. And it wasn't but, but until a couple days later where they were sitting there complaining, trying to figure out what they were going to do next. They had a past of victory. And yet they walked in defeat. I wish somebody would. I wish somebody would act like you got victory tonight. I wish somebody would act like you got victory and quit letting the, letting the devil dictate how you feel and how you respond. I wish somebody would bow up on the enemy and say never again, not another day. I'm not staying down another minute, not another moment. You've messed with me for far too long. You've taken my joy for far too long. You've taken my peace. Today is the day everything changes. Because I've got victory running in my brain. I've got victory living on the inside of me. Come on, you're not a failure. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not a loser. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. But you gotta walk in it. You gotta walk in victory. You gotta walk in anointing. Woo! Jesus. Listen, I'm done. You know, Brother Stewart. 
I felt nervous about preaching this tonight. And some of us may think he just piggybacked and said the same stuff. But I felt like God told me something this afternoon. That some of us did get victory this morning. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of us got victory this morning. Did, can somebody testify? Do, do you feel like you got victory in this house? Oh, yeah. God did a work in this place. But I feel like, I feel like he nudged me a little bit and said it's not just for today. It's not just for tonight. But it's perpetually. It's continuous victory. So that when I wake up on Monday morning and I go to work and I get called into the boss's office and I get told something I don't like, I don't walk out of there with my head hanging down wondering what's next, wondering how I'm going to make ends meet and wondering how I'm going to figure things out. No, I'm walking in victory. Yeah. I'm taking that victory from Sunday and I'm bringing it into Monday and I'm bringing it in with me to Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and, and next week and next month and next year I'm not just a day-by-day -day victorious believer I'm full of victory all year round baby I'm full of victory when I wake up and when I lay down. I'm full of victory from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Yeah. Yeah. So here's how we're going to end tonight. We're not going to do anything fancy. But I want to know if there's some people in this house that have made up your mind that I am not leaving this place with my head hanging down. And the next time you see me, whether it's at the grocery store or it's back here at church, you're going to see me with my head hanging up because I got victory. Has anybody made that up in your mind tonight? Listen, there is a sound of victory. There is a sound of victory. The Bible says to lift, to clap your, to, to shout with a voice of triumph. To shout with a voice, with the voice of triumph. That means that you can shout with another type of voice, with anger, with bitterness, with envy and hatred. But I wonder if there's some people that have got a victory living on the inside that you need to let out tonight. Is it right if we just give that praise to God right here? I wonder if somebody wouldn't just lift up your voice and lift it up, not just with any ordinary shout, not just with another Sunday night shout, but a shout of perpetual victory. That when I leave this house, I'm leaving with victory. And I'm coming back with 
This isn't just another Sunday night. This isn't just another shout session. Somebody's going to get delivered from living in the peace. victory I'm full of victory not just a little bit of victory I'm full of it now look I'm gonna be careful when I say this but there are still some people in this house that haven't quite got it figured out there are still some people in this house that are gonna leave and they're going to think that that was for somebody else. And they're going to think that it just wasn't my time. Or they're going to think that I got victory another time. I got victory in the morning, so I don't need to get it again tonight. But the steward God doesn't practice. And he doesn't take days off. So neither should we. Just because it's a Sunday night and we shouted this morning and we got victory this morning doesn't mean that you don't need it tonight. Doesn't mean that we leave this place flippantly thinking, oh, it was a great service. No, 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 baby. Every time you walk into this house, you ought to walk out with victory. You ought to walk out with victory. I wonder if, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I wonder if you can reach over to somebody next to you. The Bible says that one can put a thousand to fly. And that two can put ten thousand to fly. God, I wonder what would happen if we binded together in this house. And we pushed back on the devil. And we pushed back on the enemy collectively. I wonder what would happen in the heavenlies. I wonder what would happen in the spiritual. If we bound together. And if we pushed back in victory. What you're looking at right now. Is you're looking at a continuous train of victory. You're looking at believers all across this house that got victory and it's connected to this person and to this person and to this person. But can I tell you something? That it doesn't have to just stay on you. It can jump onto the person next to you. But that's also why you can't come into this house defeated because there's somebody else out there that doesn't have the victory and they need the victory they're depending on you and me to get victory every service they're depending on me and you to swing for the fences every single service 
I wonder if we could just pray for a few moments. They're going to play. They're going to sing. But I wonder if you can lift your voice right now. Not just for you, but for the person next to you. That God doesn't just give you victory, but that the victory splashes over onto them. And so it's not just me with victory, but it's a house full of victory. It's not just my life full of victory, but it's a house full of victory. It's a people full of victory. It's a house full of overcomers. It's a house full of overcomers. Yeah, somebody lift your voice. Somebody lift your voice. God, I feel it in this house. God, I feel it in this place. Hey, hey, we're doing this together. We got victory together. Hey, we got victory together. We got victory together. We can overcome together. Somebody with victory ought to lift your voice right now. Stop! 
I got 